Today, we are talking about something dark, something very evil. It is the Santa Muerte, the so-called Saint Death cult. And I'm here with my good friend, Jesse Romero, who is the expert on Santa Muerte. This is, you were talking about this the other night. It creeped me out. Like, this is dark. Um, so I think we should begin with a prayer. And then we're going to go into what is this, the Santa Muerte, where it came from and all that. And um, ultimately how Christ defeats it. You want to lead some prayer? Absolutely. All right. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Soul of Christ, sanctify us. Body of Christ, save us. Blood of Christ, inebriate us. Water from the side of Christ, wash us. Passion of Christ, strengthen us. Oh, good Jesus, hear us. Within your wounds, hide us. Separated from you, let us never be. From the evil one, protect us. And at the hour of our death, call us and close to you. Keep us that with your saints and angels, we may one day be praising you forever and ever. Amen. Cover us, Lord, with your precious blood. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, what is Santa Muerte? It literally means saint death or holy death. This came from Mexico. It's, it's, it's connected to witchcraft. It's connected to Satanism. Santa Muerte is portrayed as a woman wearing a skull mask, donning a long cloak similar to a female Grim Reaper. Santa Muerte is honored in the underbelly of the Mexican subculture through statues that are believed to hold magical powers. Uh, you also have black sculptures of, the, of this death saint, which, by the way, it's not part of the economy of the Catholic faith. And they're used in cursing rituals, while white sculptures are used for cleansing rituals. And so uh, many people see the statue of Santa Muerte as an omen or a threat of death if you receive one. Right. And there's in, in Mexico, I've seen pictures, images of the Santa Muerte. To me, as an American, it looks kind of like a grim reaper, but like a feminized grim reaper. Is that right? It's mimicking Our Lady of Guadalupe. Okay. It's a mockery of Our Lady of Guadalupe, who, by the way, is the Lord Jesus Christ's mother, Mary from Jerusalem. Yep. Uh, Santa Muerte is also, it, it's, a, it's a, a Mexican narcotic folk saint linked to the narco uh the narcotic trafficking and human trafficking. And it is a kind of a female grim reaper mockery of our lady Guadalupe, uh, with a skull for a face. And some people insist that the origin of Santa Muerte is Mexico, but there's other historians that claim that it predates Mexico and that it's connected to the Mayan Aztec pagan pantheon that was revealed anew by a shaman of Veracruz, Mexico. So that's like Brown Zero Veracruz, which is where Christopher Columbus landed uh. and planted. Veracruz means the true cross. He claimed Mexico for Christ. And so it's not a coincidence that that's kind of the origins. Others claim that Santa Muerte may have come from Cuba, making its way to Mexico by some of these shamans, these witch doctors who practice black magic and who adored uh, holy death, according to these Afri their African ancestors. Uh, but uh, what we do know about Santa Muerte is that it's become a very powerful cult since the 1960s, and it's right now connected to the subculture of Mexican folklore, myths, uh, the narco cartel industry, and it's a form of brujeria. It's a form of witchcraft. They have their own ministers. 
predominantly female, by the way. Really? Yeah. They have, uh, again, a lot of superstitious practices. They imitate Jews and Catholicism insofar as they use rituals for everything to conjure up demons because they know the power of ritual. Uh, they also have, uh, you know, patron spirits. Uh, and the practitioners of Santa Muerte go over there because they want to be healed. They want to be cleansed. They want to receive spiritual enlightenment. They want favors. They want rewards. They want to curse their enemies. Uh, and so it's Santa Muerte is best described not so much as a religion, but as an esoteric practice wrapped in the trappings of a religious movement. Yeah. Now, one of the stories you were telling me that, that really helped me understand how insidious this is, is you were talking about these narcos and they're recruiting people into the gang and they're like, pray to Jesus. Can you tell that story? Yes. I watched this one video. Uh, friend of mine that are still involved in law enforcement have access to videos that other people at the public doesn't have. And so they send them to me oftentimes. And a lot of them is uh, Santa Muerte rituals, uh, the cartel rituals, which are videos that you can find online. This one video that was sent to me by some friends of mine in law enforcement that work in this specific uh field of expertise which is the cartels and narcotics you have uh one video i saw the way they recruit some of these young boys remember a lot of these kids are living in in, in uh in poverty they're they're despondent and so what they'll do is they'll the cartels will get a bunch of these neighborhood kids and say okay we want you to uh Start praying to Jesus and see if you get money and favors and food and you guys are don't even have shoes on your feet. Let's see if God, if Jesus provides you the provisions that you need. Start praying to them. So they got a room full of kids that they're trying to recruit. They're like 12-year-olds? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. 10 to 13. Yeah. And these are the recruiters. So the kids will start praying. and the, To Jesus. Yeah, to Jesus, to, to God the Father and the cartel uh, recruit will say, nothing's happening. You guys are still poor. You're broke. You have no money. Now, see Santa Muerte over here, who we pray to? Pray to them and see what happens. The kids in the room, they start, they give them a little piece of paper so they can start praying. They have like an idol of Santa Muerte? Yeah, they have an idol right yeah. there. And all of a sudden, the recruiter for the cartels opens up a briefcase with wads of money and says, Wow, your prayers were answered. You pray to Santa Muerte. Look at, you got a wad of $100 bills. You prayed to Jesus, nothing happened. This is how they recruit the low-information Hispanic Catholic that's just more of a Catholic by culture, not by conviction. Right. Yeah. So this is associated with just, just the narcos, or is this a popular folk culture? It started with the narcos in the 60s, but now it's gone mainstream. Is that because of narco music? or They have they have now music called yeah. Corridos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like narco rap, yeah. okay, where they extol Santa Muerte and the powers and favors that she gives you. Um, you have pictures of Santa Muerte in Mexican restaurants, a skull face. Oh, yeah. Go to the average Mexican restaurant here in the U.S. In Texas, I'm proud to say they only have Guadalupe. They're, I've never seen a Santa Muerte in, in, in Arizona and California, a lot of the Mexican restaurants, you walk in and they got the skull-based, skull statues of Santa Muerte. Really? Most of the times, I'll do a binding prayer when I go in or I'll just say, okay, we're not going to that restaurant. Yeah. I'll just get up and walk out. But uh, you see, in, in Mexico, they're on the sides of the buses. Uh, they're on billboards. They're on the sides of building paint, painted in murals. So yeah, it's 
it's it's it's very popular now in Mexico, and it's been it's it's been popularized by the powerful influence of the Mexican drug cartels. Uh, the Santa Muerte is the patron of drug smugglers, robbers, prostitutes, purveyors of other criminal activities. And Santa Muerte is also, according to the, the Mexican cartel mine, it's, it's anti-establishment, it's anti-Catholic, it glorifies criminal behavior, and though not all of the members of the cult are criminals, all live an existence that's dominated by crime. And so the, the cult seems also very closely linked to prisons, prisoners, ex-convicts, family members of prisoners. And, and it's also associated, the Santa Muerte is associated with at least two organized groups, uh, the Gulf Cartel and the Mara Salvatrucha, also known as MS-13. Okay. Now, you told me a story about being in L.A. and that someone was doing a documentary on the occult. And y'all went to this place that has animal sacrifice, Santa Muerte, Satanic Temple. Do you mind sharing that story? Sure. This is how I know, by the way, the power of guardian angels, which we as Catholics believe we've all received the guardian angel at the moment that we were conceived. Psalm 91 verses 11 to 14 talks about the way they, they will you know hold you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. It talks about the ministry of an angel is a messenger of God. And they're there. One of the roles of a guardian angel is to protect us. Here's what happened to me a few years ago. A friend of mine is, was doing a documentary on the occult, and he calls me up, and he says, hey, you know, he lives over in the Midwest. He goes, I know that you were a cop in L.A. for years, and I know that you know a lot about this. You were involved in deliverance teams out there in Los Angeles for many years. You've seen a lot of this, and uh, you've dealt with people uh, in and around uh, the cult all your life, just having grown up in Southern California. I mean, some of my family was involved in this as well. And so we met in, in, at, at the airport, but both of us flew in. We rented a car. We stood there for two days. And he goes, I want you to take me to every single place you know of where they have witchcraft and Satanism. I want to take pictures. I want to maybe interview some people in there, take some footage, some B-roll, and, and you know, write, scribble some notes down for my, for my documentary that I'm working on. So the second day, we ended up basically at the most evil place in downtown Los Angeles called Templo Santa Muerte, the temple of Saint Death, Holy Death, which is not a Catholic saint. It's in downtown Los Angeles. It's on Melrose, and I, I think it's on Wilshire. I forget the cross street, but it's right down, smack downtown Los Angeles. So I'm there with two guys, the, the, the guy that was going to produce this documentary, and another friend of mine, He's a retired cop as well. I said, hey, pick me up for the airport. Make sure you're packing because we're going to be driving around for two days all over Los Angeles. I said, make sure somebody's packing. So he picked me up. He's also an ex-Marine, ex-law enforcement. So he was driving us around. So we get to the final location, Templo Santa Muerte, and we're standing outside. The doors are open. We can look inside, and I'll describe what I saw. Okay. It, it looked, it was, it was a black background with like glowing spots of red around, like red flickering candles, 12 of them. But it was a black background. It looked like uh, when when Biden gave a speech a while back ago and the background was very macabre, very dark. It was black and red. But they had like red light shooting up. That's the way it looked exactly like that. Yeah. 
And I've seen other satanic temples. That's the way they look. It's a black and red background. This one in Los Angeles had 12 skeletons, probably real skeletons. Okay. I'm just, I'm just saying 12 skeletons wrapped around the chapel. There was people inside on their face with their behinds up in the air, praying and worshiping. Then the very center was the Santa Muerte skeleton. That was the very, and, 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 and she was flanked by other skeletons like apostles. Like, like six on each side. Yes. So like, yes. What we would expect is like Jesus or Mary with the 12 apostles. So she, the, 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 the Santa Muerte was very center. There were six on each side. Wow. So it's a mockery of, of our, our Lord and the, the 12 apostles. And so I'm here with my friend. I said, okay, we've been driving on for two days. I said, go and snap your pictures and let's get out of here. I'm tired. I want to go back home. He goes, I mean, was it, was it creepy? Yeah, it was creepy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You could just feel the aura of evil just coming out of that chapel, hitting you like, like goo, like slime. Yeah. You could feel it. Yeah. Now, all of us, I mean, we're all three serious Catholics. And I told the guys, this is this two day thing that we're going to do. This is serious. We got to get up in the morning. We got to hit our morning prayers. We got to go to mass in the morning. Make sure that when you guys come here, you guys are in a right relationship with God. You've gone to confession. I said, we're going to be praying together from going from point A to point B. We'll be doing the Angelus. We'll be doing the Holy Rosary. We'll be doing the Divine Mercy. We'll be doing binding prayers. So as we're driving in place of praise, I said, also, wear your sacramentals. Make sure you're all soldiered up. Yeah, prayed up. We're prayed up. We're churched up. We're soldiered up. So the old guys were afraid. I said, well, we're here. Uh, go take your pictures. Let's get out of here. Uh, we're not going in. I said, well, this is the coup de grace. This is like their Vatican here. Go in and take your pictures. No, I'll just take a pictures from outside. I said, give me your camera. Let me go inside. I'll snap a picture. Then we'll get back in the car and go grab some lunch. And I'll go back to the airport and go home. So I grabbed the, the, his, his camera and I tried to step in. The doors are open and I can see all the activity going inside the worship that's going on to say inside. I could see it. And as I tried to walk through the threshold, the doors are open. I hit something or something hits me. And I've been pushed before. I fought in the ring for 10 years. I was a cop for over 20 years. I've been pushed, okay? Uh, you know, I know what it feels like when a guy puts his hands on you and shoves you hard. Two hands shoved me on the chest and threw me back. I landed on the arms of both of my friends. Now I'm like, what the heck was that? Now I'm kind of embarrassed because I got knocked on my butt by something that I can't even see. I'm thinking, did I trip or something? And I fell back. I feel like a doofus. Both those guys saying, whoa, you got shoved hard. I got back up. I said, give me your, I'm going back in to snap that picture. I try to cross that threshold. The doors are open. I can see inside. Again, I felt the hardest shove on my chest. I thought Brock Lesnar was shoving me. Okay. Right. Or Goldberg. All right. I mean, I flew back. Landed in their arms. They said, this is creepy, Jess. Let's get out of here. I still, it, it still didn't register. My concupiscence overshadowed my intellect, my passions, because I was humiliated. I said, I'm going to walk through that threshold, go inside that godforsaken temple and snap a picture and then get out and go back home this evening. I try to walk in a third time. Same thing. These invisible hands pushed me so hard in the chest i flew back after the third time the light clicked i had a prick of conscience and i'm saying 
Wow. My guardian angel, Psalm 91, verse 11 to 14, does not want me to go inside because I'm a child of God. I'm a soldier of Christ. I've got the indelible mark of Christ through my baptism. I have no business being in there. I'm outside of my lane and my guardian angel, beyond my own stupidity, my guardian angel was there to assist me. So we didn't go in. They took pictures from the outside. I said, hey, you can go on the internet. And they got pictures on the inside. Use that for your documentary. Let's get out of here. Um, I'll never forget that. Wow. Now, there was a place in L.A. that was appealing to the government to have animal sacrifice. It was that place. Same place. Yeah. What happened is the Los Angeles Police Department got so many complaints about that Templo Santa Muerte in downtown Los Angeles from the neighbors. And uh, they're saying at night we could hear animals and people screaming at night. So the police investigated. They went with a search warrant and they saw that they have been having animal sacrifices in the evening. So the LAPD in the city of Los Angeles, they tried to shut them down. Templo Santa Muerte, funded by the cartels, says, <laughs> we'll see you in court. The case went to court. Templo Santa Muerte, should I say the Mexican cartels won, beat LAPD in the city of Los Angeles in a court of law, and the judge ruled, probably a woke judge, who knows, probably a Soros-appointed judge, I don't know. The judge ruled in favor of Santa Muerte, said this is a religious service, and they have the right to use animals for the liturgical uh, services. For sacrifice. Yeah. Incredible. So the, the court ruled in favor of them. Right. You know, we're seeing a lot of reversion back to paganism. You see in like Nordic countries and, you know, people of European descent, white people, they're getting back into Odin, Loki, Thor, right? And I think a lot of people don't understand there's generational spirits that latch on to families, but the way God designed the angelic hierarchy, you know, you've got seraphim and cherubim and thrones and principalities and power. There's a whole ninefold hierarchy. hierarchy. When Satan fell, Part of that, a third of that hierarchy fell with Satan. So there's still a demonic hierarchy of higher and lower angels. So there are demons who are tempting us, attacking us, attacking our families, our genealogies. But there's also demons assigned to entire nations, ethnicities, peoples. And so do you think... There's one mentioned in, in the Old Testament, the book of Daniel. He's a, he's a demon of, of Persia. Yes, the demon of Persia. I think in Tobit, there's a demon of Egypt. Yeah. So this is in the Bible. So there are these demons who have been attached to the Aztec people, the Mayan people, the Swedish people, Peru, yeah. different African tribes, Asian tribes, you know, Zeus for the Greeks. I mean, everyone, these are all Psalm 95, five, the gods of the nations are demons. They're not just figments of your imagination. Like, oh, that's kind of cute. Venus or whatever. No. Those are actual demons deceiving people. So how does Santa Muerte map onto these generational ethnic demons? And in this case, I would imagine it's the Aztecs. And, and how does that relate to Our Lady Guadalupe? Because I know that there was this goddess death, destruction, goddess demoness before the Catholic missionaries came to Mexico and before Our Lady appeared at Tepeyac. So what are your thoughts on that? How, how, how does Santa Muerte relate to the, anything Aztec? We know that the devil is the, the father. He's the CEO. He's, he's, the, he's the, the one that 
runs the whole kit and caboodle, but he does have generals that work for him. Mexico had a series of uh, pre-Christian Mexico under the Aztecs. They had powerful demons. You know, basically, you you would say some of the leaders of of the of 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 of, uh, of the kingdom of darkness. Some of the demons in pre-Christian Mexico were Quetzalcoatl. That was called the serpent demon, the serpent snake. You have Tonantzin, which was the sun, the sun god. It's a demon. Mm-hmm. Psalm ninety-five five. You have Tonantu, which was the earth goddess, the demon. And so, like it, Pachamama. Yes, exactly. It's the equivalent, the equivalent of the Amazonian Pachamama, Earth Goddess. Uh, and so, it's not a coincidence that when Our Lady Guadalupe appeared on the hill in Tepeyac and, and appeared to an indigenous Indian, Juan Diego, we now call Saint Juan Diego, and gave him four different messages in three different days, as she she hovered over Tepeyac, that was sacred land to Tonantu the Aztec earth goddess. So by hovering over, she's being held up by angels, by hovering over the land and, and appearing to Juan Diego, that's indicative that she, she, she reigns and has power and dominion over Tonantu, yes. Aztec earth goddess. Right. I came to claim this territory that the Aztecs, they, th- this is where they offer you cult worship. I've come to claim this very territory for my son, Jesus Christ, the King of the universe. Yes. And so those, uh, every, like you said, every single nationality, Hispanics, blacks, Asians, uh, Caucasians, everybody, we all have within our genealogy, within our ancestors, the our pre-Christian ancestors, they all worship demons. They all did human sacrifice. Oh, yes. The Europeans did it. Africans did it. Asians. I mean, there's mass tombs, Middle East. Everyone was out of the Garden of Eden. And I'll tell you why I think that is, Taylor, is because people intuitively understand that, and Catholics and Jews understand that, Old is that the true worship of God requires a sacrifice. The best. So the pagans, pre-Christian, pre-Christianity, for them, they understood that the worship of their demon deities was not, you know, having some type of concert and singing and, and, and you know, jumping around, raising your hands. They understood that the true worship, like the Jews and the Catholics have been doing, was this, a sacrifice to the Father. This is what they try to imitate, all these pagan deities. Yeah, and, the, de- uh, the demons want to absolutely appropriate what God would want for him. They want to appropriate it. Bingo. And that's why Satan fell. Yeah. He said, non servium, I will not serve. Yeah. So they're copying that. And so I think what also has happened in Mexico as a result of that is the Blessed Virgin Mary, and by the way, in case people are confused, as Catholics, there's only been a few Marian apparitions that have been approved. A few. They're not different Marys. It's the same Mary, <laughs> mother of Jesus, wife of St. Joseph. We just believe that by God's divine permission, God has allowed her to come because God can do anything. Nothing's impossible with God, Matthew 19, 26. He sent his mother as an envoy 
to give a message in, to certain people in certain time and place to draw people closer to her son, Jesus Christ. So they're not like different Marys. It's the same Mary of Jerusalem from the New Testament, wife of Joseph, mother of Jesus Christ, that God has deigned and by his divine permission has allowed her to appear to give special messages at a particular time and place. Mexico was a particular message for the Mexican people in 1531. I believe... Because demons have a long memory, like elephants, they don't forget. They, they, they're they in there for the long haul, like communists and masons. They're in this for the long haul. They have a long memory. And even Islamists, okay? Islamists don't forget uh, what happened in you know, October 7th and, uh, you know, uh, September 11th, these great battles that they lost in the Middle Ages. They have a long memory. Demons have never forgotten that the mother of God, Mater Dei, took, ripped off Mexico from the clutches of these Aztec demon deities and entrusted and consecrated them to her son, Jesus Christ. Mexico became Christendom for many, for many centuries in their simple piety, but they knew that the, what was burned in the heart of every Mexican Catholic for centuries was Cristo Rey, Christ is my King. That was something that was in the DNA of every Mexican. In the 60s, the devil started redoubling his efforts and started saying, okay, time to up the ante. In the 60s, as you well know, with all the social, sexual, political turmoil, liberalism, modernism, wars, anti-establishment, anti-authority, libertinism, you know, Women's women's movement, homosexual movement, uh, you know uh, the uh, the four day concert in in New York, uh, Woodstock. Say, Woodstock. Yeah. Uh, horrible Supreme Court decisions in the sixties. The te uh, the temp uh, the Church of Saint being started in San Francisco. Pornography being legalized by the U.S. Supreme Court. Contraception being next, Griswold versus Connecticut, 61, 62, um, Bibles banned in public schools, uh, 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 op uh, uh, opening prayer banned in public schools. Yes. The 60s was a horrible time. It also affected Mexico. Vatican II happened in the 60s as well. It was in the 60s when the cartel said the time is right and the devil used them as a very powerful tool because, again, they had tapped into the drug and human sex trafficking industry. They instituted Santa Muerte in Mexico as ground zero as their official religion. And for them, the, the, the practitioners of Santa Muerte, they believe that the Santa Muerte, it protects them from law enforcement. So they believe that there's this magical protection. Uh, they're made invisible to law enforcement. They also mark their cabs, their rigs. Uh, they have amulets and other insignia with Santa Muerte. Kind of like we as Catholics have sacramentals. Yes. You know, I don't wear this superstitiously. I wear this in faith, believing because it's been blessed by the Catholic Church that these sacramentals can give me help, assistance, uh, actual grace in a moment of temptation, a moment of, of, of trial. Yeah. It's, not, it's not superstitious to me. I don't... I don't uh, attribute any magical powers to this. This reminds me of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But the Santa Muerte, for them, a lot of the charms that they use, they do attribute superstitious and magical powers to it. 
And they also, again, believe that uh, that it makes it easier for them to be concealed from law enforcement. Yeah. Have you seen the movie uh, Mel Gibson's Apocalypto? Oh, yeah. Okay, great film. If you haven't seen Apocalypto, Mel Gibson, rent it, watch it. But you see that the culture of they're on top of the pyramid, they're cutting out hearts, there's human sacrifice. And, you know, maybe 20 years ago, oh, human sacrifice wasn't that big a deal in South American, Middle American culture. Now that there's been more and more discovery of these mass graves, they're like, yeah, human sacrifice was definitely happening. But that movie shows how dark that culture was, how folk, it was a death cult. It was 100% a death cult and the demons were laughing as people were just, every like 30 seconds, they're like killing a person, right? And the heads are rolling down the pyramid. I mean, it is really brutal, it is gruesome. And in the midst of all that, while there's a Protestant Reformation going on in Europe, millions of people defecting to Luther, over here, mm-hmm. you have the greatest moment of evangelization, the the largest acceptance of the gospel in 2,000 years happened at Mexico City. I don't know the numbers, how many millions. I know it's in the millions. Yes, I read, I read from five to eight million. Five to eight? Indigenous Indians converted to Catholic Christianity. They are now saying Christ the King. They are going to Mass. They're praying to Our Father. They are removing themselves. And like you said, they become Christendom for centuries. And the demons must hate that. They've been humiliated that the mother of Jesus appears pregnant, revealing the incarnation, and claims their culture, leaves a miraculous image, Our Lady Guadalupe, and claims their culture for Christ. So this would explain why Santa Muerte, the feast day of Santa Muerte, I've, I've been told, is August 15th. A Marian feast day. She dresses Marian. I've seen some of the images, and there's even, I saw an image, it is the Pieta of Michelangelo. Exact copy of it with Jesus, and instead of Our Lady, the Virgin Mary, it's Santa Muerte holding the body of Jesus. This is a direct attack on the Virgin Mary. Why do you think the Santa Muerte is they've the the narcos and all have associated so tightly with the virgin i'll tell you why because the 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 diabolical they, they understand that you can't separate our lord from our lady they understand that christ is dominus and she's domina yeah our lord and our lady it's like adam and eve yeah jesus and mary are inseparable christ is the king Revelation chapter 19, he has a crown. He's coming back with a white horse. The Blessed Virgin Mary is a queen. Revelation chapter 12, 1 to 5, she's got a crown on her head. In the book of Jeremiah, I think it's chapter 13, it says, the king and the queen mother sit on thrones and have a crown on their head. They understand. The ancient Israelite mode of monarchy. Because I think a lot of evangelicals... They understand that. Yeah, a lot of evangelicals don't understand that. And when you read the Old Testament... The queen in the Old Testament in the Jewish arrangement at Jerusalem, the queen was not the wife of the king because the king was polygamous. David uh, David had more than one wife. Solomon, most of them had more than one wife. So there wasn't just the queen. Instead, the most important female in the royal court 
just because his dad had multiple wives, it's the mother that links the new king to the previous king and ensures his genealogical connection and the succession of the crown from father to son through that one wife amongst many wives. But that one is the queen. And she's called the Gebira, mm -hmm. the queen mother. You know all mm -hmm. this, right? But I think a lot of evangelicals don't understand that that was what went on for a thousand, well, not quite a thousand years, 600 years in the Old Testament. The queen mother, the Gebira in Hebrew, is the mother of the king. So if you went in, if you took a time machine and went into King David's court, Solomon's court, any of those courts, and said, where's the king? They'd be like, there he is, Solomon. Where's the queen? His mother, Bathsheba. See, I think the the occult knows the bond between our Lord and Our Lady, and this is why they've chosen to mimic an aspect of Catholicism with La Santa Muerte. Right. It's it's a mockery of Catholicism. That's not a mockery of Protestantism, because Pro Protestantism has a minimalistic view of Our Lady. It's a mockery of Catholicism. The devil tries to ape God, St. Augustine said. How so? What do Satanists call their services? They don't call them by a, a Hebrew or an Arabic name to describe Muslim services or, or even a Protestant service. They call it the Black Mass. Yes. The antithesis of the Holy Mass, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. They understand. I've talked to Satanists, many of them. I don't want to give you their names. Um high-level Satanists, and they've told me, I've asked them, which is the true religion on planet Earth? Every single high-level Satanist that I've talked to have said, that's a simple question, Jess. It's the Roman Catholic Church. You guys were taught the true worship at the Last Supper connected with Calvary, and this is why every single Satanist, what religion do they try to profane and commit sacrilege? They don't go to Protestant services and, and take the bread from the patent because they know it's bread. They don't go into a mosques and, and try to profane what, whatever's going on there or a Jewish synagogue. They go to the Catholic mass yeah. because they'll all tell you the Eucharist is Jesus Christ. A lot of these Satanists, they have more faith in the, in the real presence of Christ than many Catholics. It's in the book of James, there's a passage that says the devil's believe they don't obey. Satanists are the same way. You talk to high-level Satanists yeah. and witches and sorcerers and shamans, they'll say, we go into Catholic masses because you guys have Jesus there. That's that bread. That's Jesus after yeah, the consecration. It's not just bread. Exactly. They'll the say, Eucharist that's is Jesus. Jesus. And they'll say, and they want to desecrate that. Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. And so you'll, you'll also find that that's just the way the devil operates. For example, in the Bible, it says that the devil is like a roaring lion. First Peter 5, 8, 9, like. Right. Revelation 5, 5 says, Jesus is the lion. So everything that you see in the occult specifically is a mockery of Catholic Christianity because they know the P.O. box of the one true church. Yeah. And it makes sense, like you were saying, if the greatest moment of mass conversion in the history of mankind, which was in 1531-ish, Our Lady Guadalupe, at Tepeyac Hill outside Mexico City, if that was the biggest hit at one moment to the kingdom of Satan, he, with his slow roll, he is going to try to reverse that yet again. And so his Santa Muerte 
is now attacking the Catholic understanding of the Virgin Mary. Yeah. And the mass. And these are his apostles. The, the Mexican drug cartels, I think about, there are about seven different crime families in Mexico. And they're rich. Filthy rich because they control... They Here, there's a nexus between the Mexican government and the cartels. It's basically the Mexican government operates as we see no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. As long as they receive their kickbacks, they, they turn a blind eye to all the activity of the Mexican cartels. Mexico, unfortunately, right now since the 60s, it's not it's a fledgling democracy or used to be. It's actually a drugocracy. Mm. It's, it's a it's a union between the drug cartels and the Masonic Mexican government. Yes. Yeah, and the money they have. These these narcos. I mean, you think of Pablo Escobar. That happened a while back. What was that? The seventies. Yeah. Pablo. Yeah. Seventies. Yeah. There's new Pablos out there. Oh. Yeah. They got private jets. They're 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 digging tunnels, and it's amazing that they're not atheists, right? Like. In Europe, there's atheism, but in the Latin culture, Hispanic culture, there's not, I don't think I've ever met a Hispanic atheist. They laugh at you when you start bringing up atheists. The only atheist, Hispanic atheists that you'll find are Hispanics that go to colleges in the U.S. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Once, once they've got a four-year Marxist education, so right. they become atheists. But south of the border from Tijuana to the tip of South America, the Latin blood intuitively knows that there are preternatural and supernatural forces in a being uh, that's above and beyond our, 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 you know, conceptualization. Atheism is, is, is not in the, in the, in the Hispanic Latino DNA. Yeah. And this is why they're easy pickings for the, the cult to so the occult. It's because they, they have these sensitivities and proclivities that there is a God, there is a higher power. There is an intelligent designer but because of, again, poor instruction, what we would call poor catechesis, uh, and, and also the techniques of the cartels. Like I said, what they go, they grab a bunch of kids from a village, 20 kids sit down. We're gonna t- we, we need some new members. We need some fresh blood. Let me tell you why you should pray to Santa Marta. And I told you what they do. And that's very effective. For you met a 10, 11, 12, 13-year-old kid, Somebody, yeah. You say this little prayer to this ugly statue, and all of a sudden this guy opens up a suitcase and drops, yeah. a, 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 you know, four inches yeah. of hundred dollar bills. More money your family's seen in years. And and they say, see what happened? You pray. What, now you pray to Jesus, and nothing happened. Now for for a young impressionable mind, that's a powerful propaganda communist tool that's being used. Yeah. So, yeah. Let, let me mention also something about uh, how prevalent this cult is in Mexico. Santa Muerte is appearing in the 60s. It was still kind of concealed. Last 20 years, it's exploded. You see the Santa Muerte picture on gas stations, restaurants, tourist shops, souvenir shops, even here in the U.S. It's a scale. Me and my wife in in Phoenix at a lot of the Mexican restaurants, they have uh, Santa Muerte insignias in the restaurants. We won't go. We walked in. We look around. Ah, there's a Santa Muerte statue. We walk out, take our business somewhere else. Exactly. I'm, I'm not going to go in yeah, there. What if they curse that food? That's probably what they do, or, you know. So the Santa Muerte is a, a skeleton figure, long hair, female. It has long hair. Long robe. Hair? Yeah. 
a lot of them have yeah this it's, it's covered with a with a with a cloak but you could see hair you okay. could see it in some of the statues you okay. could see hair uh she has a sith or a skip i thought it was called yeah, skip. yeah. uh sometimes a reaper yeah sometimes she'll, down. Ca- she'll carry a globe oh. uh the santa muerte also it, it it's been officially condemned thanks be to god several times by the catholic church by all the bishops in, in Latin America, all of them. All the you, bishops are like, do not. A hundred percent of them. Santa Muerte. They condemn Santa Muerte, this cult. They're saying this is nothing less than the worship of Satan. Santa Muerte is Satan, and uh, and and we reject and we rebuke this this image in Mexico. No Catholic Christian can have anything to do with this cult. But what they've done, because we're so close to Mexico, is the cartels and their mules have been able to carry a lot of Santa Muerte practitioners over here to the Southwest. And so now it's like measles mm. or something you and me know about. It's like uh, shingles. It's, it's, like they did a, it's like they did a pandemic. Yes. And now it's all over the Southwest and not only over the Southwest, I got friends of mine in New York saying, oh, these, these botanicas, these little. What's a botanica? A botanica is a little shop where you buy religious like in, candles yeah in, in, in artifacts and, 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 and items and insignia and what they'll do they're very smart what the santa muerte people will do to draw in catholics they'll put like a beautiful picture of jesus in the front like the, the sacred heart of jesus a, a beautiful picture of the holy family a crucifix so catholics are walking by these botanicas which are basically Parlors for witches and shamans and sorcerers. But they see, buy candles here, you know, and buy a rosary here, buy crucifixes. So they walk inside, and the front of the botanica, this little store, this little religious store, it has a lot of Catholic, beautiful Catholic art in the, in the beginning. But when you go and you start looking at the shelves, here's the potion to make somebody fall in love with you. Here's uh, these uh, these seeds to put in somebody's drink to to put a love potion on and to make them fall in love with you. So as you get into the store, start looking at it. If you want to curse your enemies, put this in their drink. But the front of the store right. has actual Catholic, beautiful religious art, which draws the low information Catholic into these stores, yeah. which are run by witches. And when you go with it, because I've been to many of them, and I, I went in there and I act like a low information Catholic. <laughs> so I go in and I, I take off my sa- because if they see this, they're not going to talk with you yeah. and say this guy's here, this to, to pray against us or harass us or, or you know. So I walked in. I've done it several times, and the witch that runs the store will come to the front. Oh hi, how can I help you? Oh, uh, just maybe here. I want to buy a rosary and. And uh, I, I saw a statue. I think I want to buy a statue. And I kind of like dopey and despondent. <laughs> and I say, dopey Jesse. Yeah. And I say, oh, and by the way, I'm very depressed too. And, and my wife has left me for another man. And my kids are a mess. And I'm, I'm having a hard time with, with at work. Look, I'm about to get fired. And I, I need some help. Oh, not a problem. You came to the right place. Come back here. So they'll take you to the back of the store. There's always a little room, a small parlor, and you go through a curtain. And in there, now it looks like the Temple Santa Muerte. Black, red candles, skeletons. 
uh, if you sit here, I'll, I'll, I'll cast the spirits away from you. Are you okay with that, Jesse? Yeah, yeah, please, please. Now, of course, I've never gone right when they're going to come over here and say, okay, are you ready? I say, uh, you know what? I got a bellyache. I got to leave it. I just get up and walk away. I've done that about a dozen times. Right as they're like, we got a sucker. We got, we're going to put, yeah. we're, we're going to cast the demons. We're going to invoke demons into this guy. We got another sucker. And I'm like, oh, uh, I got to go. See ya. Boom. But again, I've, I've done that to gather intelligence. And then when I give Catholic lectures, like you and me, we give lectures on YouTube and in public, I tell Catholics, I've been in these places. Here's exactly how they're going to manipulate you. And here's what they want to do to you. They want to put a curse on you. And this is going to affect you and your family for the rest of your life. And so I've been to about 10 of these places. And of course, I got all my sacramentals under me. I've gone to daily mass in the morning. I've done, I've done all my prayers, binding prayers before I go in there. And uh, I don't let these witches, they've never touched my hand and they've never put their hands on my body. Mm-hmm. As soon as they're like, okay, we're, we're ready to start. Boom, I get up. I said, gotta go, see ya. Yep, yep. So in Italy, I've noticed something similar. You know, you'll see like a palm reading place with a witch, a bruja or whatever it's in there. But they'll have like maybe a, an icon of Padre Pio out front or something like that. So help me understand the mind of a Hispanic and Santa Muerte. If they're worshiping Santa Muerte, like at the temple of Santa Muerte, do they also think, oh, and I'm also a Christian, I am also a Catholic, or deep down are they like, I'm all in on Santa Muerte? Now, unfortunately, that many Hispanic Catholic Christians, because they're simple and poorly formed, they real they, without realizing it, they they em- embrace religious syncretism. Mm. They believe that both systems are compatible and 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 are harmonious. Because remember, in pre-Christian Mexico, the Aztecs had ancestral worship, much like the Asians, Buddhism, and and, and many of the Asian religions. They have ancestor worship, and so it's it's huge. It's a distortion of the Catholic doctrine of the communion of saints. Correct. And it's a distortion of the Jewish doctrine called the merits of the fathers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Those are doctrines where we as believers, Old and New Testament believers, believe that those saints in heaven, as we ask them to pray for us, they pray before the throne of God yeah. for us. Through Jesus. Yes. At, right. Through him, with him, and in him. Nothing right. happens apart from Christ. Romans 11, I think 36. And so... Um, this is what in in the Hispanic mind they've been taught that this is comp- that they're two compatible systems, and since once again, uh, just just like Anglo's Catholics, many of them uh, don't put the time in to form their, their themselves intellectually in the Catholic faith. They just buy syncretism hook, line, and sinker. So you could have like a grandma in Abuela, and she maybe has a devotion to saint anthony and then she also has santa muerte like that happens yes both yes in the same house yeah yeah with low information catholics low information catholics (laughs) once the catholic starts rolling up their sleeves and starts learning scripture learning the catechetical teachings of the church immediately they they get rid of all of that now about 30 years ago I, i i fell into kind of the low information category i remember Somebody gave me an Aztec calendar, one of my family members. 
as a gift. So I put it on my hall. That's the one with the face. Yeah, and it's got a bunch of de Demons. Aztec. Yeah, Demons. yeah, yeah. So it's a big ivory Aztec calendar that somebody, a family member, gave to me from Mexico for I don't know some type of a gift. I'm not sure Christmas. This is about 30 years ago. I had it in the hall, in the hallway. So I saw it every day as I was walking, you know, out of my bedroom to the to the kitchen. And I remember years ago, I just started again pursuing what does the church teach about the occult, about the diabolical, about the superstition? Uh, and so years ago, I had, I basically read about these figures in these Aztec calendar. These are demon gods for the Aztecs, which we know Psalm 95 5 says they're, they're devils, they're demons. Yeah. And so I said, oh, I kind of get rid of this. I remember in Acts chapter 19, St. Paul, uh, he he would burn the, the superstitious artifacts uh, and magical practices in Acts chapter 19. He would burn it, or in the Old Testament, they would break and burn it. And so I remember when I said, these are demon deities from pre-Christian Mexico. I got the Aztec calendar 30 years ago, took it to my backyard, dropped it, broke in 50 pieces, put it in a paper bag. I didn't even throw it on my trash can. Once I understood that these were demon deities attached to this, I, and I, I, I put them in a trash bag and I took them to the dumpster at a supermarket. And got rid of it. Yeah, I didn't even throw so, them in my trash can. So my grandfather, who was a low-level Freemason, uh, when he died, the family said, oh, here, you'll like this. It's like some sort of religious chalice. And they gave it to me. I was looking at it and I was like, this is not a Catholic chalice. This is something. And I explained it to Father Ripperger. He said, that's a Freemasonic chalice. I said, what do I do with it? And he said, it has to be destroyed or removed or whatever. But this is like a cast metal heavy thing, right? It's like I can burn it. So I wrapped it up and I went to a lake and just hurled it into the middle of the lake, prayed. And then afterwards, Father Riverger gave me the long form breaking of the generational curses, yeah. which I prayed over myself. The Freemasonic my curses. My family, yeah. right? And I got, uh, Father Riverger did a, a minor exorcism over a whole family, me, wife, kids, just to hopefully get clean. Because yeah. people don't understand, if this stuff is in your house, demons are attached to idols, chalices, Aztec calendars, paraphernalia, just like we believe in sacramentals, like scapulars, rosaries, crucifixes. We believe all this stuff, it's not superstitious, like it's magical, but by an act of faith, those things remind us and call us into the realities that we read in the sacred scriptures. The demons do the same thing. Yes. And they attach these curses and these hexes upon things yes so if those things are in your house it's not cute to have a dream catcher or a little a lot of people think oh it's stylish to have a buddha idol in my house that's an idol i remember being on a trip and this a friend of mine she's like oh i was at, at, at the store and i found all these like little greek gods i got them for you i'm like why would you throw i threw those in the trash like why would you even buy those there's a passage in the book of Leviticus, Taylor, that says that, you know, we have to discern the clean from the unclean. Mm. Here's a problem. Many Catholics today have forgotten how to discern what's clean from unclean. The things that they allow into their house. 
even their practices, their personal practices, even their sexual practices, as many Catholics, unbeknownst to them, and, and Protestants as well, are inviting evil spirits by unclean practices because the demons are called, I think, 21 times in the New Testament, they're called unclean spirits. Yes. And just think about biology and math. Like attracts like. Unclean spirits are, are attracted to unclean places, Father Moore says this, and unclean people. And so that's why God says, blessed are the pure, the clean of heart, for they shall see God. For us as Catholics, when we mean clean of heart, we mean in a, in a state of sanctifying grace and a right relationship with God. And like it says about uh, the, uh, uh, the, the patriarch Abraham in the book of James, I think it's chapter two, it says, Abraham was the friend of God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. In other words, being in a state of sanctifying grace is being a friend of God. Yes. Yeah. So these people are, are in, they're syncretizing, right? They're taking Christianity, Santa Muerte, Aztec religion, and they have this sort of blend. And you can't do that, Taylor, because you know, as Catholics, we know that the, the holy doctrines of Jesus Christ, the lordship and kingship of Christ and his holy religion, it stands alone. Yes. You can't attach anything to it. It is the yeah. pure religion. God says that, there's no other gods besides me. And so I just make an appeal to Catholics. Look around your house. If there's anything that you've been given as a gift or that you bought out of your ignorance that offends God, that may be unclean. Oh, it looks cute on the shelf. No, it doesn't. Yeah. Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Uh, we cannot call ourselves followers of Christ. As, as St. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, I'll paraphrase it, where he says, what does Christ have to do with, you know, Belial? Belial. What does light have to do with darkness? What is, uh, what is uh, he, you know, he, he just makes a whole dichotomy. Yeah. Was, the fact is, we can't, we can't fuse these together. Jesus Christ uh, it, it stands alone, and his holy religion stands alone as well. Let me mention another thing about Santa Muerte that's important. It's not a Catholic saint, okay? Some it's not a Catholic saint. Are there people who believe it's yes. a Catholic saint? So you could find a low info Absolutely. Catholic and they would say it is a saint. But I mean, it's not an angel. It's not a holy person, a disciple of Jesus. I guess it just has Santa in front of it. Yes. And that's all you need. I mean, for, for the, for the low, again, the low information, 10, 12, 11, 13 year old kid running the streets of Mexico barefoot. Uh, it, it's really something that really appeals to the poor and the criminal class. Why? Because the favor of money, the, 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 the prospect of money. But death is not attractive. That's what appeals people to witchcraft, Santeria, Santa Muerte, Satanism. Like, I want to be in the is, life. I, I get it. But it's because, it's because your intellect is properly formed by the word of right. God. Most people's intellect is either malformed, deformed, uninformed, misinformed. I mean, just look at our president in the White House. He's a baptized Catholic. Right. Okay? He, he's got a law degree. Just because you have higher education and advanced degrees doesn't mean that you have a well-formed conscience. And by the same token, you could see the old Italian grandmother coming out of daily mass or the old Hispanic grandmother coming out of daily mass who's simple and pious, 
their conscience is more enlightened, more illuminated, more well-formed than many senators and congressmen that have the name Roman Catholic Christian. Yeah. But, but the Santa Muerte, it, it appeals to, again, prisoners, drug dealers, prostitutes, people that, again, are involved in the criminal lifestyle. The Santa Muerte is a, is a cross between the Grim Reaper and the Virgin Mary. There's shrines all over Mexico put up by the cartels dedicated to Santa Muerte and even in the U.S. Again, I went to the one in Los Angeles. Well, when you go to these shrines, you'll see that they have a lot of like cigarettes, liquor. Yeah, I, I've heard this too. Yeah. That people put cigarettes on. And what is that about? <laughs> Again, is it an offering? It's an offering. Yeah, I've, see, I, I've heard it's this. Like, There's like cigarettes in the, front of the it. The Jews have uh, 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 an offering. Uh, you know, different offerings right. in the Old Testament as, 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 as part of their liturgy to God. We as Catholics, we also have an offering of the Holy Sacrifice of Mass. We're offering God the Father, the once and for all sacrifice of Calvary made present by His yeah. Son, Jesus the Christ. The body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. Yeah, so they, that's also their offering, their offertory prayer, if you will. So they'll put cigarettes. Liquor. Like a beer? Yeah, like a, yeah. Here's, here's the uh, Dos Equis. <laughs> You'll also find that a lot of the drug traffickers, that oftentimes they'll put tattoos of her image on their skin. Mm. Uh, many of the houses that I was, when I went as a cop, a lot of my friends even today tell me, Jess, I'm going into domestic violent houses in East LA, South Central. 50% of the houses have a, a Santa Marta statue prominent in some place Santa in the house. Statue. Absolutely. Right now, it's very prominent now. Uh, my, my, I got two sons that are cops. They said it's not, you go to a Hispanic household for a domestic violence call and it's not uncommon to see the Santa Muerte statue they've asked me about it so I've given them this whole I said look at my essay that I've written on this um so the followers of this this cult which is growing as a result of the fact that it's fueled by so much money they they've tried to dress it up as a spiritual hybrid of Christianity that's yeah. and 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 as a result of that most people don't realize that they're getting low information Hispanics to to venerate and even worship an idol which the church has proclaimed as Satan himself. Yeah. Now, I know that Satanists in tattoo parlors, a lot of people don't know this, but they will consecrate the ink and the tools to Satan so that when you get a tattoo, you might get a butterfly or shamrock or whatever, but to them, they have consecrated this ink and it is now in your body, right? I imagine they do that, but also since it's so associated with the narco culture, they have to be consecrating these drugs, the fentanyl, the cocaine, the marijuana. They have to be consecrating and cursing this stuff with Santa Muerte. A hundred percent. Okay. I have friends still that work narcotics, high level narcotics. Mm -hmm. They call that in, in, in Los Angeles and amongst the FBI, that's called the Major Crimes Bureau. Okay. They're not going after the guys in the street that are selling dime bags. They're going after the mid-level dealers. Right. That's the called, millionaire. Yes. Yeah, that's called... The millionaire that, level? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. called majors. Okay. Okay. And I still know a lot of people that are involved in it right now. They send me videos that are only privy to law enforcement, narcotics officers at a high level where the Mexican cartels... They have these huge warehouses where they store all their dope. And this is embarrassing. You know, 
Out of the 198 countries that are on planet Earth, you know what country is the largest consumer of illegal drugs? America. By far. Yeah. And sex trafficking, too, yeah. I believe. And both. So we might sit over here thinking all these stupid Mexicans or whatever, but we're funding all of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's us Americans yes. that have given birth to the cartels because they live off of prostitution, child sex trafficking, and narcotics. And we're the ones that buy it. Yeah. And so they're like saying, man, we hit the gold pot being next to these these these, these Americans. These Americans. These guys are these guys are losers. Yeah. Yeah. The, and so I've seen videos that are only privy to law enforcement where the cartels, they'll bring in witch doctors, sorcerers, brujas, shamans, and they'll come and do, they'll put hexes and spells and do incantations and dance around with, with the feathers and incense, and they'll curse the drugs in these warehouses that are just south of the border before they transport them to Americans who are going to buy this. So not only are Americans buying narcotics that are, are to use a, 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 a term that we heard during the COVID uh, era, gain of function. The marijuana that's being exported from Mexico right now to the U.S. has about 25 times and 26 times more THC which is which is a psychoactive ingredient that, that causes intoxication. It is about 25 or 26 times more THC than the marijuana in the 60s, 70s, yeah. and 80s, than the Cheech and Chong marijuana. Cheech and Chong marijuana, this is 25X. Yeah, this is, it's, it's gain-of-function marijuana. I've talked to many exorcists around the country, Father Chad Rickover being one of them, and I've talked to a dozen more. All of them have told me that many of the cases that they're getting or people are becoming diabolically afflicted and or possessed through marijuana, daily marijuana usage. Because it's cursed. Yeah. It's cursed. You're using a sacramental. Yes. Uh, it's not really a sacramental. An anti-sacramental. An anti-sacramental yeah. of yeah. these death cults. So the fact of the matter is. And the th prostitution. Yeah. I, I, these poor girls and boys, I mean, they're probably consecrated as well in these rituals yeah yeah you'll find if you talk to any exorcist or anybody who's been on an exorcism team you'll find that the vast majority of cases that knock at the church's door that need help 90 percent of the cases people have become diabolically afflicted and or possessed through some some type of sexual act mm. rape abortion forcible sodomy prostitution. prostitution this is the the most common way that people become diabolically afflicted it's a, it's a violation of your body yeah let me talk a little bit about the devotion offered to santa muerte by a lot of low information people we're talking i've seen cigarettes liquor they'll put snicker bars also <laughs> don't eat that snicker bar right uh i i've seen uh oranges uh Flowers like white chrysanthemums, pink roses, uh, peanut butter cups, beer, tequila, baskets of bananas, grapes, loaves of bread. Uh, there'll be signs and felt pen urging visitors to be quiet when you walk in. So they even have a sense of, 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 of reverence. Yes. 
Or as you we, go into some Catholic churches <laughs> and they're talking, the Santa Marte almost have more reverence. There's signs there when you walk in, be quiet. They don't want some Pentecostal revival there. Right. Okay. They, they understand the power. They're worshiping. They understand the power of interior silence. They understand the power of, of sacred silence, um, of, of, of liturgy, of ritual. Offerings. Yeah, offerings. It, it, this, is, this is the complete parallel of, of the Catholic liturgy when it's done well. Right. Um, you'll also find that within the Santa Muerte, I've watched some of their sermons. Oh, they have sermons? Yeah, they have sermons, like, like homilies, you know. They have, they have, really? They have sermons. I, I've listened to a couple of them. You'll find generally a lot of the sermons, they'll stress... And that's how they try to hook them in. Okay. They'll talk about the importance of family. No. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, that they, they cast a wide net. So people that go there, like saying, that was pretty good. I didn't see anything offensive. They weren't telling me to bow down and work. How is that? You're like, hey, Tommy, holy death told you to be a good boy. I mean, come on. I, I've watched them on YouTube. Yeah. I've never sat in one. I won't do that. But I've watched another, uh, other sermons that I've seen on YouTube from Santa Muerte. Uh, practitioners or the, or the ministers, they also talk about the, the, the evils of, of, of envy, the evils of gossip, so that they try to touch lightly upon virtues and sub-virtues. This way they cast a wide net. And this way again... Yeah, I, we had a huge thing, uh, Satanists in Tyler, Texas, with our friend Bishop Strickland. They had a huge unbaptism ceremony right. where all these people, primarily Southern Baptists, Tyler, Texas... They're Satanists, and they want to get unbaptized. You and I know that the power of baptism leaves an indelible character oh, yeah. mark on the soul. You can't erase it no matter how much Satanism, sex, murder you do. That's, that seal is on you. You can still go to hell, but you got that seal. But these people are coming out there. But part of it is they're raising all these money for these charities, which I thought was just so ironic because they want to present themselves in the same way. Oh, yeah, we're Satanists, but we do good for the community. Wow. Yeah. I remember I, I remember that. Uh, one of the things also about Santa Muerte, they also, there's kind of this, uh, a little bit of a Pentecostal charismatic component to them. Really? Yeah. And what I mean by that, I watched some of their sermons on YouTube. And when, and when they're giving a sermon, are these Bruja women, men, priests? Who? Generally men. The ones that I've seen have always been okay. men. Yeah. So they kind of understand the, the right. patriarchal authority. Okay. Yeah. Now, the ones that work in botanicas are usually women. Yeah. But the ones that give the sermons that I've always seen on YouTube are always have always been men. You'll find in these Santa Muerte gatherings, uh they they they'll 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 use that phrase blessed and glorious uh holy death. So they'll use that's Catholic terminology. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. The uh we ask you to protect us. So they ask her protection. You'll also find personal testimonies. That way when you have no Yes. When you have personal testimony. Yes. And, and and they'll talk about the blessings that they received. I don't know. Uh, my baby's lung was healed. I got an unexpected plane ticket somewhere to visit somebody. I didn't have the money to go to. So it's also filled with personal testimonies. Uh, they'll also share like unexpected blessings. I started coming here and asking Santa Muerte and this happened. That was behind on my rent and Somebody right. came and gave me the money. So, so they have, again, personal testimonies. 
you'll also find that they they really key in on illegal immigrants. I'll tell you why. Ah, okay. Yeah, the, the illegal immigrants, undocumented immigrants, I'll tell you why, because they they come over here illegally from south of the border, from the different countries, mainly mainly Mexico. And what happens, sometimes they feel marginalized. Or they feel used by people. And so they 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 gear a lot of their sermons towards them. They 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 they, they say we're here for you. Santa Muerte is going to help you get a job and find an apartment, et cetera, et cetera. You'll find also that Santa Muerte also really ministers a lot to, to prostitutes. Again, okay, explain the, that to me. The marginalized, these are people in society that live on the fringes. Right. And again, their, their, their faith in God is not deep. It's not well-grounded but they still understand the whole concept of a higher power. And so these guys are easy pickings for Santa Muerte homilies or Santa Muerte sermons is because they say, if you turn to this Santa Muerte, holy death, she will grant you the desires of your heart. She'll grant you all the favors that you need. And again, then you'll have somebody talking about, yeah, I, was, I started praying to Santa Muerte and I had AIDS and all of a sudden I was healed from AIDS. Whether it's true or not, right. who knows? But... The testimonies are replete with people that, again, I was here, I started coming to Santa Muerte Temple and praying, and now I'm over here. My whole, everything is completely uh, changed for the better. Right. And so, again, the, the devil can give people temporal, temporal spiritual consolation, temporal, uh, you know, give you some perks at the cost of your soul. Right. 200 bucks. Yeah. ticket. Absolutely. Yeah. He, he, he will give you enough to hook you in at the cost of your soul at the very end. Uh, again, what's important for us as Catholics is that all the Mexican bishops and Latin American bishops unanimously have condemned Santa Muerte several times officially on paper. They say Santa Muerte is no saint. Santa Muerte is the devil himself. It doesn't represent any historical person in Christianity. And uh, it's not compatible with the Catholic faith. No Catholic can be involved in any way, shape, or form with Santa Muerte. So uh, I'm glad that they haven't minced words about this. Again, so you would never go into a Catholic church and see a Santa Muerte? Oh, no. Not, no, yeah, no. That's good. No, because people that are still going to Mass today, they're, they're at least trying to learn their faith and an right. intellectual, trying to understand it. So... They understand that this is a bogus narcotic folklore demon that's made been made popular by the by the cartels and the and the and the kingpins and, and the gang members. Uh, and but I'll tell you that I think this has taken Mexico by storm, especially like in the '60s. But this is kind of a universal problem that you've been talking about for years, and so have I. Is that Mexico? In my opinion, they were never really evangelized and catechized. They were colonized and sacramentalized. They were made sacramental Christians like in a car wash yeah. where thousands were baptized by the missionaries and, right. and given that indelible mark. But they haven't been properly evangelized or catechized. And so they still a lot so, of... I mean, we would say that they were Christian. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Way but, but their faith is maybe... 
you know, Jesus talks about the seed hitting different soils yeah. and all that. You know, it may be a little bit more shallow because the catechesis, you know, you get 5 million people who become Catholic in a few months. That's a pastoral nightmare. Yeah. How do you catechize properly all those people to understand the scriptures, the creed, all these things? One of the ways that Mexico's catechize Hispanic Catholics and it's kind of burned in the Mexican DNA, it's in their soul, it runs through their veins, is that Mexico, since the time of Our Lady of Guadalupe, has always had a battle cry that Jesus Christ is our King. Yes, Viva Cristo Rey. Even though, you know, all the, that hasn't been fully developed or explained in their mind, but the average Mexican Catholic knows that Jesus is not a president, he's not a governor, he's not a senator, he's not a congressman, he's not the chief of police, He's our king. Yeah. They understand that. But again, without without giving them everything else that they need to know, the cat and we as we will know, Taylor, I mean, catechetical formation goes back at least to the time of the fourth century, St. Cyril of Jerusalem, yep. maybe even before that, is that once you're baptized, you do need instruction. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 this is what's probably been lacking, and the cartels have taken advantage of this. Right. Now, they talk a little bit about the recruitment. The Santa Muerte followers, they appeal to, to people that have little formal education. They, they appeal to people that, again, oftentimes uh, have a lot of superstitious, you know, a, a superstitious worldview. And so the Santa Muerte also appeals to people that are marginalized because they say, if you turn to this, to this, or our religion and start praying to her, she's going to give you favors. She's going to be able to provide for your family's needs. Oh, do you have uh, a family member that's been kidnapped? She'll return that person that's been kidnapped. Does somebody have a serious illness? Are you in a financial need? And a lot of times that stuff is met by the cartels because they got money they got the money and so the the new recruit says wow i was praying to santa muerte that my uncle would be freed from being kidnapped by the jalisco cartel and they freed him they let him go and it's it's again yeah yeah so the the santa muerte again she has nothing to do with the economy of Catholic saints, and she's the patron saint of nothing. There is no such thing as as a saint of holy death. For us, a holy death that we pray for, it's a process at the end of our life. It's a, Where we die in the arms of Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it's a process. It's not a person. And again, yeah, where we die in the arms of Jesus. That's a yeah. holy death. Yeah. But it's been bastardized, if you will, by the cartels. Yeah. Let me Let me come out here as sort of quote unquote devil's advocate. So I did a podcast last week. Is Catholicism a death cult? So I see on Twitter, Facebook, certain people, evangelical backgrounds, Catholicism is a death cult. Let me tell you why. They don't depict the resurrect. Well, we do depict the resurrect Jesus. You and I know that you go into churches, there's resurrected Jesus depicted. And we talk about every mass. We talk about Jesus risen from the dead, but like there's a crucifix. Jesus is dead. And there's all these martyrs and these saints and they all died, right? And they're focused on the martyrs. It's macabre. And then, you know, their mass, their Eucharist, 
they think they're just killing. We know this isn't true, but we're right. just killing Jesus over and over, which is not what the mass is. Right. Right. And so, and then they see like, uh, we pray for the dead, you know, and in November we have all saints day and all souls day. They're like, these people are just worship death. And I can see as an outsider looking into our Catholic house, you might be like, yeah, they're kind of obsessed with death. But here's the thing. The only way you get to the resurrection is through the cross. The only way you get to heaven is through carrying your cross. Jesus says you must die to yourself, right? Just as a seed is planted in the ground, death, and it comes up and bears 30, 60, 100 fold. So we understand that to get to to get to resurrection Sunday, there's a crucifixion Good Friday. And for every feast, there is a fast in the Catholic church, mm. right? These realities go to be- go together. So we are not afraid of death, right? Death is the portal. Death is the means by which we enter into the divine presence, God willing. And so those things go together. So looking in, you might see that. I'm wondering if this whole holy death is really Satan focusing low info Catholics or Christians on the first part and robbing them of the second part, which is eternal life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and the life. Yes. And then, so my question is, do you think that's the case? And then secondly, as an American white guy, I look down there and it's in Texas here, the day of the dead, it's a little more creepy than what we got going on up here, right? People sometimes are dressed up. You see like lots of statues of a guy playing a guitar, skeleton, uh, salsa dancing, skeleton. You know what I'm talking about? These little figurines. And they're like, you know, the the plumber and he's a skeleton, like all these different jobs. They have these little, you know, skeleton things. I, is the devil using that? Like help us understand culturally. Absolutely. The Day of the Dead, Santa Muerte, all that. Let me take your first question, then I'll do the okay. second one. As Catholics, first of all, St. Paul says, I preach Christ crucified, which is, you know, folly right. to the Jews and yes. foolishness to the, to the Gentiles. Why? I'll tell you why. Demons who know every single Bible, Bible verse, they understand that the shed blood of Jesus that's exactly what redeemed the world objectively from Satan, from Satan. Everybody's been redeemed by the blood of Jesus objectively. Subjectively, you've got to come to the cross. You have to accept it. Absolutely. And appropriate. Say blood of Jesus on me. Everybody's objectively not saved. Right. Redeemed. But the payment is made. The payment has been made. It's up to you. You can stay in your jail cell in a fetal position but Jesus blew the doors open. Right. You can walk out and come follow me. So for, for us as Catholics, the cross is a war memorial. That's the spot where, where our enemy was defeated. And the foot of the cross is the spiritual place of our redemption, which stands outside of time and space. Yeah. Calvary is the place where Satan was vanquished. And in Latin, there's a saying that goes like this. Which means the cross remains still while the world revolves around it. In the Eastern tradition, you'll hear this term, the foot of the cross. In Eastern Catholic thought, that was thought to be the center of the world. 
situated directly over hell. And so the foot of the cross for believers is that place where all humans may spiritually retreat to receive refreshment and grace. It's the ultimate tribunal where Christ judges all demons because it was where Satan himself was judged. Yeah. Dr. Peter Crave calls Calvary, calls it Calvary is judo. He says, the enemy's own power is used to defeat him. Satan's ends, Good Friday, was God's means to save the world. So when the devil watched Jesus die on the cross, he mistakenly believed that he had won a great victory. Instead, the Lord surprised him with an ignominious, a public disgrace, a defeat, mentioned in 1 Corinthians 2.8, uh, where the sign of the cross makes the devil flee and cower. 1 Corinthians 2.8, none of the rulers of this age, Satan and his minions, understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Mm -hmm. This is why during exorcisms and deliverances, a priest will order the demons to go where? To the foot of the, the cross. cross. So that our Lord may do with them as he wills. Because the foot of the cross is where the battle was won by the shedding of Jesus' blood, which now makes atonement, and he pays the sin debt between God and men. So our Lord fulfilled the spiritual law that angels and demons are well aware of. Hebrews 9.22. Everything is purified with blood and without the shedding of blood there's no forgiveness of sins what happened on calvary this is why saint john chrysostom calls it a war memorial when the japanese look at the statue of world war ii at iowa jima and they see the former marines planting the flag and they toppled the japanese regime and empire that was that was it stands now as an iconic statue. This is where we defeated the enemy, Iowa Jima. When demons look at the crucifix, that's the Iowa Jima for them. That's a war memorial. St. John Chrysostom writes about this. They understood that's where they were defeated. And in fact, there, there's a deep theology on, it's in the book of Colossians chapter two. I'll try to find it right now. Or it talks about that Christ in fact it's worth it's worth mentioning here christ paid or, or nailed our sins and he bonded them let me put yeah this is this is so worth it this is gonna it's gonna blow you away when christ died for our sins and he paid for our sins on the cross look at what saint paul says that a lot of people they they just they gloss over this verse. Yeah, I, I mean, especially as we're talking about Santa Muerte here, is they're focusing on death, but it's not the Christian form of death because we see ourselves hidden in Christ, to use the New Testament language. Mm. So we want to die with Christ, I, right? Fine. I am crucified with Christ. All this language of conformity in Christ. It seems like if you're just going to focus on Santa Muerte, not a human, you know, not a saint, and it's just objective death, like what is the wages of sin? Death, yeah. right? What, did, what was the, the condemnation of sin against God in the garden? On that day, you shall surely die. This is one of the hard things for me to understand the Santa Muerte. I'm like, and maybe it's just because I'm catechized. 
right? Maybe it's, I don't understand why anyone would be attracted to just the abyss of deep, dark death. It's because you're a high information Catholic. <laughs> I know, but it's just like, it's just. And you see clearly. Right. But I guess if you look at, you know, someone like Odin in the Nordic tradition, and you see a lot of Europeans getting back into Odin and Thor and all that, he is also kind of a dark, mysterious character. Yeah. That there's almost, it's, I guess it's the reason why people watch horror movies, slasher flicks. They're afraid of death. They don't want to die. But then they're like sort of attracted to watching Jason's or a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. For, there's something really sick. Like even people who are sexually perverted, they know it's gross and it's bad and it's revolting. But again, they're just attracted to it. It must be the same kind of concupiscible, demented, inverted, perverted attraction that's drawing them to what is the wages of sin? What is the punishment of the garden? I mean, death. And here you are worshiping personified death. I'll make it simple. What you just said, remember, and, and St. Thomas says it eloquently, but sin makes you stupid. Mm. And, and so the habitual sin darkens the intellect. Mm -hmm. and, and this is why St. Paul talks about two types of people. The, the 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 spiritual man and the unspiritual man, uh, the spiritual man and the natural man. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are unspiritual. In the Greek, it's carnal. It's flesh. There you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So a yeah. lot of people, that's where they're at. Right. They 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 don't they don't see with the eyes of faith. They're they're blinded. Yep. To to the reality of 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 the evil, the macabre, what's dark. But going back to the cross, you're going to love this. You remember back. In the movie, The Passion of the Christ, where when the devil saw Jesus die on the cross, yes. the cameras pan over to the devil and he starts screaming. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's like, and it's, the camera's above him and he's in the pit. Oh. Absolutely. Yes. I'll tell you the verse that explains that. Okay. It's in Colossians 2, 13 to 15. I'm going to read it from the RSV. It says this, and you who are dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Here it is, verse 14. Having canceled the bond which stood against us with its legal demands. Hmm. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Verse 15. He disarmed the principalities and powers, demons, and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in him. Let me break this down. Yeah. So verse 13. This is deep. Verse 13. And you who are dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made a life together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. Here, St. Paul is indicating about that most of the Colossians are Gentiles in need of baptism. Right. They're not. Your Jesus. circumcision doesn't yeah. save you. Okay. Now, verse 14. This is heavy here. And this talks about the theology of the cross. Having canceled the bond which stood against us with its legal demands... This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Hmm. The bond. The bond is a list of charges filed against the sinful human family. And I know going to court of law, the prosecutor reads the charge sheet or the indictment, yep. uh, the complaint. I've seen that for years and years in a court of law. So Christ destroyed this legal certificate on the cross when he canceled our debt of guilt and won pardon for our crimes. In this scheme, 
Jesus mounted the cross to bear the curses of the old covenant so that the blessings of the new could flow forth into the world. As a further benefit, Christ frees us from the ceremonial observances of the old covenant, which merely signified our need for salvation in the first place. Now, verse 15, this is the kicker. He disarmed the principalities and powers and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in him. In verse 15, the reference to the disarming the principalities and powers, these are legions of demonic spirits. Yep. Reference Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. Dark powers. That Christ conquered dramatically on the cross. St. Paul here to the Colossians, he's depicting something which is very familiar to him. He's depicting this in terms of a victory march, recalling how the Roman generals dragged prisoners of war through the city streets to be disgraced and ridiculed after a successful military campaign. Prisoners of war were displayed during the parade while these captives were led among, along in disgrace and sometimes executed at the end of the march. So what this verse is saying is that the demonic powers have been disarmed and disgraced by the conquering Christ by his shed blood like prisoners of war on Calvary. This is why, once again, in, in exorcism or deliverance, a priest will order the demons to go to the foot of the cross because the foot of the cross is where the battle was won. So think about in the movie Troy where uh, the, the undefeated the role warrior played play by, play by Brad Pitt was named uh, uh, Hector Achilles. Prince Hector. Yeah. Achilles. Yeah. Achilles and Prince Hector, uh, they, they have a fight right. in, in, in the arena. Prince Hector loses to Achilles, the undefeated warrior. And what does Achilles do? Something that was common in the ancient world. You beat one king beats another king, you throw him in ropes and you drag him in disgrace. Around the city. This is what St. Paul says that Jesus did on Calvary to demons. And the Blessed Virgin Mary further explains this. She's standing there. She explains this. She's at the foot of the cross. Yes. And she explains this. To Venerable Mary of Agreda and the mystical city of God. Love Maria. She says that chains were thrown among demons and they were forced to watch the the objective redemption of the human race by her son's shed blood. She forced them to watch it by throwing chains around him. And St. Paul says that Jesus threw chains around him. They were forced to watch like judo. Yeah. You use a man's I weight. come at you with all my strength and weight, and you just flip it and slam it. That's what Christ did on Calvary. Dr. Peter Crave says he disarmed them. It was judo on Calvary, and he made them watch that event, which caused the objective redemption of the human race. I worked at the largest jail on planet Earth for four years, the Los Angeles County Jail. There's 15,000 inmates there on a daily basis coming through the doors. And I, and I can tell you that uh, in the county jail, uh, when you just walked in, you can, you, you can cut the hate and the anger and the violence. You can cut it. When we announced to the speaker, inmate so-and-so, you're released. Then we crack the gates open, report to the, uh, re- report to the inmate reception processing center for release. Man, uh, when those gates would come open, you'd hear be, be people yelling, yeah, I'm out, I'm out. I mean, it was... Right. What ha- 
all of us were prisoners of war. When Christ died first on the cross and he shed his blood, Hebrews 9.22, that atonement, that objective redemption, all the jail doors were slammed open, just like in Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas began singing and praising God, and God miraculously, all the jail doors flew open. Mm -hmm. That's called objective redemption. Yep. Now, to get to heaven, you need to subjectively appropriate the graces of God, the merits of Christ on Calvary. You have to do that. Yep. On your own free will. Now, there's sacramental grace involved. The church will, will bring, bring you from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of, of light through baptism. But you can walk away through your own free will. You've got when the, when the cell doors were opened by Jesus Christ shed blood, all of us, you can stay in the jail cell in a fetal position, say, I'm scared, I'm comfortable here, I don't want to leave. Or you can walk out and say, I'm a free man and hear the voice. Boy, and get this, Jesse, there are people who walk out. And then go back, back in, in later in life, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. But people do that. So th that's why you'll find even, even Hollywood understands this. Notice in Hollywood, Hollywood can't stand the Catholic Church because, again, it's run by a bunch of occultists and degenerates, and they know the one true church. But when Hollywood makes a movie about the diabolical, who is on the other side fighting the diabolical? It isn't... Uh, it isn't some televangelist from the TBN channel. No. It's the Catholic Church. Yep. It's the priesthood. It's the sacraments. Hollywood knows the arch enemy of Satan, and they depict it very well every time they come up with a Hollywood movie on the devil. They know. They don't, you, you don't have Muslim imams. They're never like, call the Lutheran. They call the yeah. Jewish rabbi. No. Call the Muslim imam. No. They know yeah. the church that was given power and authority by Christ. And you'll also find even more so, this is, the whole vampire genre. Yeah. What is the only thing that a vampire is afraid of? A crucifix. And the Eucharist. <laughs> yeah. And the Eucharist. Yeah. And, and again, why? Because when a vampire, which is kind of like a human depiction of a, of the, of a di the demon, the diabolical, right. the human manifestation of it, they understand, what St. John Chrysostom said in the 4th century, that the crucifix is a war memorial. Mm -hmm. And when a demon sees the crucifix, they're saying, that's where we got tapped out by Jesus. Yes. Or to use another term, that's where we got grounded and pounded by Jesus 2,000 yes. years ago. Yeah, that's it. And that makes sense. Now I'm starting to understand the Santa Marte a little bit, is what Satan has done is he's taken death. He lost through the death of Jesus. We've established that. He's taken death and he has ripped it away from the redemptive atonement death of Jesus. And he's now personified it. He's having people worship death, which is the, which is the wages of sin with none of the reward, with none of his defeat. Right. Mm -hmm. And in a way, I don't want to say the devil's brilliant, but you can see how he's using a Santa Muerte death cult in order to trick people. And also, Taylor, you'll also uh, you'll also see the way the Santa Muerte and other occultists they'll use some truths in it mixed in with a whole lot of error, obviously. But there's some elements of truth there about you know there is there is a world of angels and demons. There is a preternatural world. Uh, there is a source of all power, God. And so 
they too play on the Christian sensibilities by giving them some, again, the whole, and, and the Jewish understanding, the marriage of the fathers, Catholics, the communion of saints, East and West, we understand that they, the, the saints surround us, as it says in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, like this great cloud of witnesses. Well, who's the cloud in the Old Testament? The Shekinah is God. It's the presence yes. of God. And who's in that cloud? Saints. Yeah. The Human. Bible says. I've read, read Protestant commentaries. Yep. John MacArthur and others. It says, the cloud of witnesses are the saints that are with God in his very presence. Right now. Right now, the courtroom of God. Duh, that's exactly what we've been saved for, too. We're not inventing we something. Are, it's we are right now surrounded right now. by the Shekinah cloud yes. of God full of those witnesses. Who are our older brothers and sisters in Christ that we just believe, hey, I can go to him and ask him because he's right next to God. Yeah. Of course, we go to, it's like, like when I was a cop, um, you could go right to the station and make a, a, a police report right, right to the watch commander, okay? To the guy that runs the station, the, the precinct. Or you could call it in the phone and you're going to get a civilian that's going to answer your phone and take the report. Both are going to get to the watch commander. Yeah. You could go right to the watch commander. I got a complaint. I'm like, I want to report a crime. You go right to the head of the station, the police precinct. Or you can call in from home and save yourself some gas, and you're going to get somebody on the switchboard, a civilian, who works for the station, and they're going to take your report. And they're trained to do it. Both are going to go to the watch commander. Yeah. That's what a lot of people, I think, who aren't Catholic, they think, okay, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask St. Paul to pray for me. Like, often if I'm going to read Paul's epistles, I'll say, Paul, pray for me to understand what you wrote, because he's my brother, right? That's right. That doesn't mean that Paul leaps over Jesus, like Jesus is left off on the side, and Paul's like, hey, Jesus, I got this one. Go talk to God the Father. No, every saint, including the Virgin Mary, every angel, everyone is mediated through the God-man, Jesus Christ. That is official Catholic teaching. So I can say, Jesse, I got a toothache. I know you had a toothache last year. Will you pray for me? You know what I'm going through. I got you, bro. I'll pray for you. Absolutely. You're going to pray to the Father through Jesus. Absolutely. And if I say, uh, who's the patron saint of toothaches? I'm just a switchboard operator. I don't know who the patron saint of toothaches is. Yeah. Apollonia or something like that. I don't. I don't know. Apollonia, pray for my teeth. She's going to take the prayer. You're praying for me. I'm praying for me. She's praying for me all through Jesus. But we're getting a prayer chain going here. That's it. That's what the community and, of saints And is. James says the prayer of And the Protestants doesn't understand that because they're into big prayer chains. Like, yeah, yeah, oh, look, yeah. you they got, for, yeah, they got telegrams and signals and yeah. they got prayer chains. They understand that on a human level, but they don't realize that there's a supernatural prayer chain that we have access to through Christ. That's right. Through him, with him, and in him. Yeah. James says the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Let me just mention uh, if, if Santa Muerte is just a harmless religious devotion and, and, and the devotion looks similar to, you know, to a Christian petitioning the communion of saints, but it's distinctly different in manner and intention. An example is when a person asks for somebody to pray for him or a Christian saint, uh, this prayer, this invocation, this supplication is always made uh, to Jesus or through Jesus to God the Father. Yes. Okay. First Timothy 2 5. It all goes through Christ to God the Father. But the devotion of the Santa Muerte requests favors uh, through the use of witchcraft, yeah. brujeria, uh, satanic it's, incantations. It's not Jesus. No, it's not. Right. So this is this is ultimately from the devil 
because of the evil intent and the person you're praying to and going through. And I'll tell you why the Santa Muerte is demonic. It's demonic because the image is blasphemy. Yes. It's dark. It's horrible. The second reason why Santa Muerte is demonic, it appeals to the power of sorcery. Third reason why it's demonic, it petitions for assistance in the performance of illegal and immoral acts. Yes, like narcotics, prostitution. So the cult is a mockery of Christianity and the intercession given by the communion of saints and the, and the Jews that called the merit of the fathers. So this mockery could even be identified as a neo-iconoclasm. Not so much through the actual breaking of images, but in the blasphemous distortion and in the improper use of icons and statues. And most poignant is the fact that there's no appeal in the, in the cult of Santa Muerte towards virtue or morality. There, there's no ultimate conversion towards Jesus Christ. Uh, again, the Santa Muerte is a product of demonic influence masquerading with some type of veneer of Christianity leading souls to eternal perdition. And do you think the low-info Catholic, obviously they see that this, this Santa Muerte is kind of dressed up like the Virgin Mary. Don't they realize that this is a switch and bait? Again, I guess sin uh, makes you stupid. I mean, sin, yeah, dark is the intellect. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we can see St. Paul, Saul of, of, of Tarsus, for as intelligent and as learned as he was, this guy had a PhD from Gamaliel. Yeah, on the, in the Old Testament. Uh, 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 yes, on the Old Testament. He still didn't see it. That's what I'm saying. And so there's, and that's why if you even notice in a lot of the binding prayers that we pray, especially a lot of them that were are written in Father Chad Ripperger's book, deliverance prayers for the lady there's a lot of prayers in there where we're asking god and asking our lady to bind to blind the demons yes well guess what they do the same thing to us mm. we're project we're asking our lord and our lady to blind them because that's what they do to us saint paul says that in second corinthians 4 4 he says uh, he says uh beware he says uh uh the demons blind uh, the minds of the unbelievers. It's in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. So I don't know how the metaphysics of how that happens, the mechanics, but in the same way, shape, or form, they can cause intellectual blindness when your mind is poorly formed, when your heart is hardened, when you're given over to your passions. An intellectual blindness, a spiritual blindness comes about that only God can remove like he removed it from Saul of Tarsus. Right, right. So there's got to be people watching right now. This is going to be a popular video. There's got to be people watching right now who are thinking, there's a Santa Muerte at my workplace. There's a Santa Muerte at my abuela's house. There's in my house. Or what is, when you now have the right information, what is the proper response? And then how do we get rid of this? Once you recognize that you've like, uh-oh, I've been making this mistake for years. Once you get that prick of conscience, one of the things that Father Chad Ripperger says is, is immediately, you, you have to have contrition and, and compunction, and immediately you have to take custody of your intellect, take, take custody of your, of, your, of your person, and renounce, rebuke, and reject this evil spirit in Jesus' name. Yeah. So it would be something like, say I've been involved in Santa Muerte and I'll just like, 
I'm like, wow, I've been wrong. All of a sudden I get clarity of thought and I get this intellectual understanding, spiritual understanding that what I've been doing is wrong. And I recognize it. I'm here in a living room. I'm not in a, I, I, I can't run to a priest right now. Right. But I'm not going to wait. Yeah, you got to do cleanup right away. Cleanup. Okay. Contrition, repentance. R, R, R. I reject, rebuke, and renounce you, spirit of Santa Muerte, in Jesus' name, with everything in my soul rejects you. Go to the foot of the cross that Jesus Christ may do with you as, as he wills. Mother Mary, crush the head of this infernal spirit under your immaculate feet. St. Joseph, terror of demons, come to my assistance. Pray for me and protect me with the mantle of your fatherly protection. I beg you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that's just an, an extemporaneous, yes. I caught myself that I'm doing something stupid. And so I reject, rebuke, and renounce in Jesus' name from my heart. Yeah. Next. You have to do it right away. Yes. Get oh, yourself. And this is every mortal sin. People will be pornography, masturbation, whatever it is. They're like, well, okay, I'll go. Confession is until next Saturday and I'll take care of it. Then no. Clean up on aisle four right <laughs> away. You know, there's a broken pickle jar. You need that cleaned up. You cannot leave the glass out there because you know not the day or the hour of your death. And as soon as you begin to repent. It may not be sacramental confession right, yet. Right. Graces. Absolutely. There's actual graces. Yeah, the actual. Sanctification may not, sanctifying grace, habitual grace might not be totally infused yet, but you can perhaps have a perfect act of contrition, but the actual graces are coming, right? And you're showing goodwill to God. You're showing a broken and contrite spirit. Psalm 130. And that's what he wants to, to cry see. Cry out to God. Cry out to God. And that's going to move you and carry you to a full yeah. healing. It has to, and so you might be watching like, well, I'm not in Santa Marte. There might be other sins where yes. the devil's getting you. Yes. You have to repent and you have to begin the process. And as they say in the military, the enemy comes under the wire. Very yes. suddenly, the devil comes under the wire. So... You repented, rebuked, and renounced in Jesus' name. Now you do an act of contrition. Yes. And there's different act of contritions. You got the old Eastern one. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the Almighty Father, have mercy on me, a sinner. Yes. Uh, the Fatima. Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Save me from the fires of hell. And lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. The act of contritions. Yes. Oh, my, get a crucifix, get a... Oh my God, I'm heartily sorry for having offended thee. If you don't know these prayers, just tell Jesus, I'm such a knucklehead. I'm so sorry for doing this. Forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I, don't, I love you. Lord, I love you. I don't mean to offend you. Whatever it takes, right. whether, whether it's one of the formulas of the Catholic Church or it's from your heart, after you reject this evil spirits of Santa Marta, whatever this is, now repent. Yeah. You got to repent. Now, got to look around your house and you got, oh, I got a Buddha statue. I got a Santa Muerte yeah. mask. Yeah. You got to start cleaning house. So yeah. I got Harry Potter books. That's another topic. Yeah. We'll talk on another day. I got my yoga. Yeah, I got my uh, my yogas. Get rid of all of that. Right. Okay. Clean up your house and then make a firm purpose of amendment. I'm not going back to that sin. Mm. I got to change my life. And I've got to. clean and unclean. Yeah. And I've got to go to make this right with God. 
to a Catholic priest as soon as possible. Yeah. Because God, you're, you could have a moment of perfect contrition because you said, man, I'm, I'm going to hell. If I, you could probably reach a moment of perfect contrition, but you still have to ratify that perfect contrition by going to a priest as soon as possible so that God sees my son, he's really sorry for what he yeah. did and he made good on his he's promise. He's checking in. He's checking in. Yeah, John 20, 20, Jesus says yes. the apostles, when he rises from the dead, yes. if, you can, if you forgive the sins of any, their sins are forgiven. Jesus is the only one who can forgive sins. He's the high priest, God, man. But he has given that gift to the apostles and it has passed down for 2,000 years. The, the next thing I would do, because I know we're running pretty close to... Yep, we're coming up to, on look, I would also make sure that my house is adorned with sacred images that are blessed by yes. a Catholic and priest. holy water. Holy water, sacramentals, relics. And I would also make sure there's two things that I would do every Catholic man. Because every Catholic man is a St. Joseph of his house. He's a priest of his house. Joshua 24, 15 is for me in my house. We will serve the Lord. That's a patriarchal function. I would make sure that I would have either a Catholic priest or the man of the house, if you can't get a priest, to do the sacred home enthronement of your house. Take a picture of the sacred heart of Jesus, have it blessed by a Catholic priest. Mm -hmm. You can print out the prayers from the internet. You can lead your wife and your kids. You're the, the man is the leader as you're installing Christ as Lord and King, enthroning him as Lord and King of your house. Or you can get your pastor to do it or any Catholic priest. Yep. So that's something that I would do. And then there's a daily prayer of consecration, just ratifying that daily prayer that Jesus, you are King of our house. There's a, a little prayer to pray your morning prayers. Because every man is going to put a lock on his front door. Yeah. Right? Because there's burglars out there and they're going to eventually yeah. twist that doorknob on the front of the, they may come in. Are you doing that spiritually for your home? If, why not? Like we were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Shields up. Shields up. Arrows out. Yeah. Like if you're the man of your house and you're not daily locking the door spiritually of your home and putting up a security system, a spiritual security system to protect your home and say, this home belongs to the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The Holy Spirit dwells in our home. Nature abhors a vacuum and so do demons. Yeah. Amen. Uh, also, another thing that I would recommend to men is uh, the epiphany blessing. Mm -hmm. every, every Catholic man this is an old Catholic practice. A priest can do it or the man of the house can do it. It's, a, it's called the epiphany blessing. Well, you'll see like in the, in uh, right over the door jams of the front door, you'll see, uh, you know, 20 plus C plus M plus B plus then 23, yeah. which is Christ blessed this home in Latin. Yeah. Uh, and it's a blessing that many exorcists use when they go and do a house blessing. They'll do the epiphany blessing. Yeah. And it has exorcistic power. Wow, it's done here. Yeah, to drive demons out of the house. It yeah. protects the house for an entire year. Yeah. For 365 days, it has this exorcistic power. Uh, and so you'll find most exorcists and meet many good priests when they go do a house blessing. They'll, they'll do oftentimes the A, the sacred heart home enthronement, yeah. or they'll also do the epiphany blessing as well along with minor exorcism. So, but that's something that every Catholic man can do. Go on the internet, type in the epiphany blessing. It'll tell you, you have to, it's more powerful to do it on epiphany Sunday. Yeah. Uh, you January 6th. You have to have your chalk blessed by a Catholic priest. Uh, the epiphany water, 
is actually more powerful because of all the exorcistic prayers over the epiphany water if you could get some uh and then every every man those prayers are on the internet you lead your family and then you chalk over the door jam of your house these are these are ways to literally fortify your house and make sure that your shields are up because every man has a shield the bible calls it faith is a shield when you're living in a right relationship with god your shields are up who's behind your shield your wife and your kids and your progeny guess what when you're living an unclean life living a double life and doing things that you know that offend god your shields are down and guess what you and the entire household is unprotected yeah that's dangerous all right, well, uh, I think we established something where today. evil. Don't do it. Repent. Thank you for all this information. Uh, this demon needs to be cast out of Mexico, United States of America, wherever else it's taking root. Viva Cristo Rey. Viva. Rey Guadalupe. Pray, Pray for, for us. us. And um, just say Michael. Let's do it. In Latin, you know Latin? I'm a little clunky, but I'm, I can go with you. Okay. All right. In nomine Patris et Filii Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Santi Michele Arcangeli, defendedos in prelio contra nequitimits in sedes diabolis or presidium, imperit Eliseus supplicis et becamus tuque, princeps militi et celesti satanam aliosque, spiritus malignus qui ad pensionem anomarum perogantur in mundo, divina virtute in infernum de true day. Amen. And let me pray the prayer behind uh, the Saint Benedict prayer. Crux Sancti Patris Benedicti, Crux Sancta sit mihi lux non dracus sit mihi lux. Baderetor Satana, non suade mihi vana sul malaque livas, ibse venera viva se justi nobitu nostro presentia muni amur, gloria patri filio spiritui santo, sicut era in principio, e nunc et semper, et in secula, seculorum, amen. And I see that you have the holy face up there. Psalm 68, verse 2, I think it, it says, Arise, O Lord, and let thy enemies be scattered, and let them that hate thee flee from before thy holy face, as smoke. As, as smoke rises and is driven away, so drive the evil people away. As wax melts before fire, let the wicked perish before God. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, pray for us. Amen. Jesse Romero, thank you. Uh, where can people find you? JesseRomero.com. And I also uh, have an internet uh, radio station along me and my partner, Terry Barber. We started it years ago. It's called Virgin Most Powerful Radio, VMPR.org. I do two shows a day. You can watch me there. We're about to do one. Yeah, we're about, Taylor's yeah. about to come on right now. Yeah. And thank you for having me on, Taylor. Be and this is beautiful, very encouraging, lots of scripture, lots of facts. And uh, I hope this video makes a big impact on people who are confused or have questions. Because I've always been confused when I've seen this Santa Marte thing. Like, what's going on? You know, this kind of broke it all down. So I think it's really helpful for people. Thanks a lot. You got it, brother. Appreciate you. Keep and up the good work yourself. Thank you. Thank you. And yeah. remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Godspeed. And check out this video on is Catholicism and death cult. Kind of talked about it earlier. I think you'll appreciate it.